When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. What's up? This your boy Lil Duval. And check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. Hey, everybody, welcome to FFC right here on the grid. I'm here with uh, George Kurtz and Joe Lisi. We're talking about some college football in this hour. So uh, excited to have Joe Lisi's college football expertise. But the first topic is really the topic of the day uh, that everybody's talking about these days is how sports is being impacted by COVID-19. And college football just a few weeks ago, Joe, looked like the sport, the major sport that was going to be in the most trouble. And yet here we are just a few weeks later, and we're seeing signs of momentum to getting started. Now, what these colleges have done to try to be creative in an effort to get students back on campus and living a campus life and having the football team uh, underway is potentially bringing students back to campus early in August and sending them home before Thanksgiving ostensibly to avoid the second wave of the coronavirus. We heard this with uh, South Carolina, we heard it with Notre Dame, and we're seeing other schools potentially jump on board with this plan. You think it's something that everybody will start to adopt so that we can get college football started? I think it's a possibility. What a difference two weeks makes, right? Last time uh, this uh, situation played out, it looks like uh, college football was on the outside looking in, especially in the state of California. They've now come on board, so that's good news for the Pac-12. For the most part, they're starting to turn the corner, and I think the ADs and the administration have it right. Bring the kids in sooner. Cut the uh, winter break at b- prior to Thanksgiving gives the opportunity to possibly have a limited amount of fans in in the uh, attendance to keep that tradition and pageantry. And more importantly, we can start the college football season on schedule August 29th because as long as practice starts 
on or before July 17th, we can get the season started on August 29th, which is that Thursday night prior to Labor Day weekend. George, we've seen a lot of news about colleges cutting certain sports programs. That was bound to happen when we lost out on a billion dollars of college basketball revenue due to March Madness not being played. And the ramifications of football being cut out was going to be much more far-reaching. We've already seen a lot of baseball programs, soccer programs being cut at various campuses. To lose college football and lose the uh, upwards of $4 billion uh, if the season was canceled, potentially even more by some estimates, was really a no-go. College campuses and college athletics in general were desperate to have football back as soon as possible. But is that what we should be worried about? I mean, once again, everybody's worried about the economics here. No one cares about the players. Think about it. This is not the NFL players who are getting paid. They'll negotiate some, uh, whatever they're going to get paid for. College kids don't get paid. Is it really worth it? I mean, if I, you know, Joe Lee, let's say Joe Lee's a top, uh, you know, he's a top uh, athlete in college football. Why should he even play this season? If he knows he's going to get drafted in the first round next season anyway, why is he risking his health this season? If he gets COVID, has to go on a ventilator, his career could be done real quick. You know, I don't know why it makes sense for these top guys to play. And I'll ask, I'll ask you this question. All right, let's say they do. They do, they end early. What about the bowl games? Once again, if you're a top athlete, the season's over. You had a great year. Why are you playing in the bowl game? We're only seeing guys even years past who would knock out of this anyway and uh, not want to play this because, hey, you know, why, why risk my health? Well, why would you want to, A, risk your health and risk more health by, once again, being around a stadium which they might let other people in? It's in the winter, so you're going to have a better chance of getting covid I just don't think anyone's thinking about the players. I think everyone's thinking about money. That's all these universities care about. This, listen, this is why it's going to start again. I always said that. I don't think it probably should, but it will because of money. They're going to want to start. But if I'm an athlete and I know I'm getting drafted in the NFL and getting drafted high, I don't know why, what my advantage is to playing this season. I don't see it. They're going to push, push, push. I just think, once again, no one's thinking about the players. Joe, it's an interesting argument that George brings up because for somebody like Trevor Lawrence, it's unique, right? Right now, he'd, he'd be number one on people's draft boards, potentially to be drafted by Jacksonville if they finish as the worst team. But Trevor Lawrence is also playing for a top two team in college football. He's the leading candidate to win the Heisman Trophy. He would probably play into the college football playoff, assuming everything starts on time. But for some other guys out there, maybe what George is saying is right. Those bowl games have become less attractive for the top players by the year, this is a really unique situation. And if you're somebody that's kind of worried about getting sick, maybe say, hey, thanks, but no thanks. You know, Nick Nick Bosa was criticized for not coming back uh, for, to Ohio State in the middle of his final season there. And he appears to have made the right decision. Yeah, it's up to the player. And this is what we're going to see play out. And, and players skipping bowl games has been the norm now for the last couple of seasons. I think it really comes down to the player. And, and there's always risk. I mean, there's no no telling that if Trevor Lawrence, if there was no COVID-19, if he went out in week number one or two and, and got injured, his career would be over or finished in that regard. That's the risk that players take, and it is up to the individual player to make that decision with his or her family. I mean, in this type of landscape, I think people would understand it more as opposed to maybe in recent years where we didn't have an outbreak type of uh, crisis situation. But I think 90, 95% of the players will play through the season just because 
They're football players. They love the competition. They want to win a national championship. And the economics outside of that, it's the team mentality as well. They want to get the season started. Now, if they don't and they feel that their health is at risk, that's that's something that obviously they'll have to sit down with and make a decision. But ultimately, I think you'll see about 95% of the players come through. Two more points for discussion. It's a quote from uh, TCU Athletic Director uh, Jeremiah Donati. If there's no football season or a football season is interrupted or shortened, there will be a massive fallout. There would have to be massive cutbacks. Could the department go on? Sure. Uh, it would probably look smaller. There would potentially be fewer sports and much less programming. That's a key point. Programming. Uh, when George talks about the money, this is about programming as much as it's about uh, having athletes get out there for the betterment of the student athlete or uh, student experience. Uh, Patrick Rishi, the director of the sports business program at Washington University in St. Louis, he estimates that the 65 Power 5 schools would collectively lose more than $4 billion in football revenues, with at least $1.2 billion of that due to lost ticket revenue. So, George, even if they play, we are talking about lost revenue, opportunity cost, of over a billion dollars in collective ticket revenue. Yeah, listen, they're going to play. All right, I, I can make up all these points that I want to make up, but they're going to play because money always talks in this country. But once again, and I agree with Joe said, 90 to 95%, probably even a higher percent, are the players are going to play. But that's not smart either. Because who's listen, these players don't have agents. They're not allowed to have agents. Agents can't tell them, hey, really kind of stupid to play this year. You have nothing to gain here except you might lose your health. You know, sit out. It's not worth it. They can't have that. I, at least not legally, they can't have it according to the NCAA here. Uh, youngsters also think they're 18 to 22-year-olds generally. They're invincible, right? Oh, we're not going to catch anything. You know, these guys think they're always invincible. But who's out, listen, who's out there for the players? All anybody's worried about is making the money. And I understand it's a huge amount of money. And I do want to understand that it would affect other programs as well, not just the football program. It would, it would leak down throughout the university. I get that. But I just think, once again, no one's thinking about it. You know, listen, it's only May yet. Maybe we'll find out by the time August, September comes around. Things are much better here. You know, it's not going to, maybe we're not going to have a second wave, blah, blah, whatever might come up medically. I certainly don't think we'll have a vaccine by then, but things could get better. But I would just like to see somebody taking the, the especially these players' side. Because it's not like baseball players, they have their union. Football players have their union. College players have nothing, right? I mean, legally, they can't even have an agent. I mean, it's, they got their parents. Hopefully their parents are strong-willed. And they'll listen to them, but probably not. They're going to listen to what the schools tell them, to what their coaches tell them. And this is, for the most part, the coaches only care about one thing, and that's W's. You know, that's one again. It's money, their money, protecting their, uh, their backside. So uh, I have a lot of issues with this, but I'll say it again. I'd be shocked if there's no college football season. Yeah, Joe, last thing here. Scott Barnes, he's at Oregon State Athletic Director. Anywhere from 75 to almost 85% of all revenues to our departments are derived directly or indirectly from football. Indirectly, sponsorship dollars, multimedia rights, you've got your gate, donations, et cetera. Uh, the impact of not playing a season is devastating. So I, I think I think it's why you've seen so many plans. Gordon G., the president of West Virginia, Gene Smith, the athletic director from Ohio State, Jim Harbaugh, head coach at, at Michigan, have all come out with some sort of plan or support for playing safely as they can, although uh, we'll get to Gene Smith in, in the next segment. He's talking about having fans there. But in general, I think we understand that the lack of ticket revenue is going to have a big enough impact, but to not have it at all uh, would devastate these athletic programs. 
Yeah, and it's not just the Power 5 schools, Mike. It's the FCS schools as well. I mean, teams like Richmond that have played Power 5 programs, teams that play uh, the SEC schools get paid in in upwards of a million dollars or 900000 to just play and compete in that ballgame. So it is the residual re, uh, trickle-down effect for some of these programs. And it's not just the schools uh, – that, that really reap the rewards. It's the local economies as well. It's the food and beverage companies that supply that to the stadium. It's the people that work in, in the stadium in terms of uh, for beverages, the concessions, uh, the valets. So there's a lot of people that are affected without a college football season outside the university. And that's what we have to keep in mind as well. It's it's those people being affected from a local aspect as well with Without college football, it's more than a four billion dollar loss when you when you couple in those local economies being affected as well. Yeah, so Jim Harbaugh was on ESPN's Get Up uh, earlier this week, and he said, "Heck yeah, I'd be comfortable coaching a game without any fans. If the choice were to play in front of no fans uh, or not play, then I would choose to play in front of no no fans." He's talking about other logistics. Definitely test both teams. You can test the officials and everybody. But can you test 100,000 fans coming into a game? Uh, probably not. Without a vaccine, you probably couldn't do that. So uh, I, I think what he's saying makes sense, George. Everything is leading towards this way in almost every major sport. Uh, college football is uniquely it has a unique relationship with the fan base because obviously many of the fans in attendance are actually going to school there or attended school there. So it's a different relationship. But in this instance... Uh, other than Gene Smith, I haven't heard too many people support for no fans. So Harbaugh is yet another one to say, you know what? It's fine. We can play without fans. Well, if you play with fans, I mean, they, you're just throwing everything into up the ears. Ah, we don't care. I mean, really, if you're going to invite 100,000 people into a stadium, 60,000, 70,000, as of right now, you're just saying we don't care. Let the virus spread. Uh, we'll deal with it. I mean, you're kidding yourself uh, if you're doing uh, stuff like that. I said, I think they'll all start. I think it'll be, for the most part, without fans, certainly in the beginning, Maybe halfway through the season, you know, November-ish, maybe we can start having fans in. Maybe they can separate them somewhat by rows or whatever it is to keep everybody six feet apart or whatever apart they want. But I don't see how that's going to work on a, any kind of large-scale basis. Yeah, we'll come back. We'll talk a little bit more about that. Gene Smith thinking that there's a plan. And at his 100,000-seat stadium, I think there's a plan to get a percentage of fans in those seats. Uh, we'll see how he maps it out after this. So, uh, Mike, Joe, and George coming back. On the grid right after this, it's FFC. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, 
Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. It's spring and with the weather changing and so many great things coming up like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour, I definitely need a fresh spring wardrobe for every occasion. This spring, I'm looking for that perfect flowy spring dress for Mother's Day as well as replacing my everyday basics. That's what I love about JCPenney. They have so many stylish and comfortable options that I always find just what I'm looking for there. Spring is a feel-good season and comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. The fashion at JCPenney is the same way. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with styles that gets you, something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes, and Stafford and Mutual Weave for him, style and comfort for all, even big and tall, plus even more for the whole family like Levi's and Exertion. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. Back on FFC, talking about NFL rules changes, or at least the proposals for NFL rules changes. And, George, we got a whole slew of them like we do every year. You and I generally go through this. Uh, and I'm going to take them one at a time, and you guys tell me what you think. Uh, so the first two are by the competition committee. So the teams can obviously nominate rules changes, and the competition committee uh, can bring it up as well. So the first one uh, to amend Rule 12, Section 2, Article 9, to expand defenseless player protection, George, to a kickoff or punt returner, who is in possession of the ball, but who has not had time to avoid or ward off the impending contact of an opponent. So it's essentially extending the defenseless receiver calls that we often see to the kick returners. I already thought they had their own halo and sort of protection, but it seems like they want to add uh, additional protection for those returners. All right, so how does this work, by the way? I don't know. Generally, the gunners on a punt routine are gunning, running down the field, right? So now if they get there first, they're supposed to wait or they got to stop, put on the brakes and go, oh, he hasn't caught the ball yet. Or he's caught the ball, but I got to wait for him to make a football move. How's this going to work? And really, how is this going to work? So you can't time it anymore. I mean, I I think this is nuts. I understand you want to protect the players, but you know, football is football. You're going to get hit sometimes. Sometimes it's going to be hard. That's why you have the fair catch. If you think you're going to get creamed and you can't do it, then put your hands in the air and take the fair catch. That's your protection already. I don't understand. I said, I think this is silly. I think this is nuts again. How do you expect these gunners? We're going to see penalties on these gunners for unnecessary roughness when there's nothing they could have done. They would have had to, I guess, just keep running past them and then turn around and go, you know, come back and tackle them. It, it, to me, it's just silly. Uh, I don't know. Joe, I, Joe, I've never quite understood how the player with the ball is defenseless. The whole point is to get the guy with the ball. So when they start to modify rules like this, I have a difficult time understanding the practical nature of it. I can't stand it, Mike. We're trying to take away every momentum-changing play out of the NFL and college game. I mean, it's ridiculous. A punt return where you have a hard hit, especially on a kickoff, 
that can change the momentum of a ball game. And now without that, you give them extra protection. We're just benefiting the offense, the offense, the offense. We might as well not have a defense at this point because pretty soon it's going to be, like I said, a seven-on-seven schematic. We're not going to have any hard hits in the game of football. But I don't understand. Honestly, the punts in the NFL have become so watered down because there are so many flags thrown on punts that they they have actually in my mind started to become a waste of time and i while i agree with both of you i i think they're just moving towards just not having a punt they're going to pick a specific yard line you're going to opt into however many yards down the field that is unfortunately it takes away the occasional exciting punt return but for years now, there's been so many flags thrown on good returns, George, that it's sort of a wash anyway. It would take away the punt return. It would take away the blocked punt. Come yeah. on, we all love blocked punts and stuff like that. What are you going to do? Yeah. I mean, I can see you playing that game we used to play when I was a kid out in the street. You'd kick the ball. You'd have, you know, you'd have whatever. You have to go past this house or this house. And where you caught it is where you had to kick from. Is that what yeah. it's going to be? So wherever the guy catches the ball, that's where the, the, uh, the line of scrimmage now becomes for the play. Silly in my mind. I mean, it's just nuts. But I'll tell you, Mike, if I was a coach in the NFL, unless I had an ace kick returner, I would say, take, take the touchback. Don't even bother because I don't want the 15, you know, the half the distance yep. of the goal line. I don't want it. And same thing with the punt. Unless I have a good punt returner, just just take the fair catch. Don't fumble it. I don't want the penalty. You know, that's, that's the way I would coach it because there are so many penalties on these plays nowadays. So next one, by the competition committee to amend rule four, section three, article two to prevent teams from manipulating the game clock. Tell me, what do you think this has arisen from? From manipulating the game clock by committing multiple dead ball fouls while the clock is running. So I think we all know what Mike Vrabel did in the playoff game against the New England Patriots. Absolutely. And we all know that the New England Patriots had done it earlier in the year. So that's to avoid that from happening. I think many people were surprised, George, with that rule when it happened twice last year, and it obviously happened in a very high-profile game. Um, But I can see the NFL wanting to get away from this because it is a specific manipulation of the rule and just draining clock in a way that you are not really supposed to be doing. It probably violates the spirit of the rule that's in place. Yes, listen, I'm in favor of this one. Yeah, let's get rid of this. But good for Vrabel for doing it. You know, it brings up something else. Uh, you know, I never really had heard of the tuck rule until Brady did that thing in the Oakland game. Mm-hmm. But the other day I'm watching uh, on my Facebook, they showed an old cowboy game from 77, Giants in Dallas. And it was actually the uh, referee, it was Summerall, and, uh, I think it was Summerall. I don't think it was Matt. It wasn't Matt. He was still coaching then. But it was Summerall who said, oh, no, that'll be the tuck rule. So he'll be. So it was around back then. I was happy to see that. I just never heard of it until Brady did his thing again. But as for this rule, Mike, yeah, uh, this one I'm in favor of. Broadshire, I think, was his partner back in the day. It was Pat Summerall's, uh, Jim, or Jim Brookshire. Jim Brookshire, I think, was his partner back in the day. Brookshire, Pat but uh, so, I, don't, I don't remember who it was. Uh, it wasn't Tom Madden, Brookshire? Though. Tom it Brookshire? wasn't Madden. That's anyway, all I can tell you. I'll look that up. Tom Brookshire, I think it was. So uh, next one, Lisey. Lisey, you want to comment on that one, or you think? Yeah, no, I, mean, I, I, yeah. I let it go. That, that's fine. I, manipulation, get it out of the game, it's fine. I'm neither here nor there. Whether it was in or out, it doesn't bother me one bit. Yeah. Unless you're on the, the, the opposite side of it from the gambling perspective, then then I'd have an issue with it. Yeah, uh, true. Uh, by Philadelphia, so the Eagles uh, throwing this one in. They threw a couple in. 
to amend Rule 15, Section 2, to make permanent the expansion of automatic replay reviews to include scoring plays and turnovers negated by a foul and any successful or unsuccessful try attempt. George, you want to handle this one? So they want to review scores that are called back. Yes. Isn't and turnovers. This, isn't this what we're getting at the trouble last year? Definitely. Again? Because once again, there's a hold on every play. So you'll, you'll, you'll never get that overturned, right? There's always a hold. Uh, no. I think, once again, I, I don't want to take the judgments out of the officials. I think the officials suck, mind you. I'll fully say that, but I don't want to take the uh, I don't want to take the judgments out of them. Listen, I'm a hockey ref for men's league. I keep saying this over and over again. And there are times it's hockey, but there are times I'll let certain things go for both teams. I'm not calling. I'm not going to call, you know, I don't know, slashes tonight. You, everybody gets slashed. Go ahead. And I think officials do that in pro sports as well. You know what? I'm going to let these guys tackle each other in the secondary tonight. I'm not going to care. As long as it's for both ways, I don't care. You know, that's the way he's calling it. So I don't want to see your, uh, that being taken away from the officials that. He was letting it go for both sides, but because one of it, one time it resulted in a uh, touchdown, the other time it didn't, or he was calling it automatically, and uh, so one time it, you know, I don't want to see that. Re- uh, no, how about just no? Yeah. So Joe, th- this is going to be, th- this is where you get into the sort of nebulous part of instant replay, right? You could have a scoring play uh, that's negated by some sort of a foul. Now, like they, they're not going to take away a holding call, mind you, uh, but maybe a potential personal foul in in the middle of a play uh, that negates a a touchdown. So this would further expand replay. We start to get into hot water when we start chipping away at the judgment calls here, Joe. But what do you think? Would you expand replay in this instance? Absolutely not. This is going to take the nitpicking to another level. The replays are going to last 15 minutes because they're not going to know how to call it. And there's going to be 15 people that are going to have 15 different opinions about that because it won't be as cut and dry as a pass interference call. Was he held? Did he have an impact on the play? No, absolutely not. And especially from the viewing perspective, it'll ruin game flow. It'll ruin everything about the aspect of, especially from in-game wagering. So absolutely not. Uh, See, I, we'll I get the idea of what they want to do here. Yeah, they want to take same. away the obvious, uh, oh, there's a phantom ball. You know, he called a phantom penalty. It didn't exist. But the problem is they'll have to go over every little, nitp- as Joe said, nitpicking thing, let the call those back too. Call and you know what will happen, well. George? That's the issue. They'll, they'll end up saying like, oh, yeah, we messed up the call, but um, we can't overturn that one because it's a holding call. Like, yeah, it was a phantom holding call, but – we can't pick up the flag because we're not reviewing holding calls on Plus, replay. What if they did that? They said, oh, you know, he called a holding penalty on number 68. 68 didn't hold, but you know what? Number 54 on the other end, he did hold. Yeah. What happens then? You know, you see, saw another penalty on the play. I mean, no, I just think this opens up a whole can of worms. You saw that last year of uh, past interference. I do not. They got rid of it. Thank God. I don't want to go through this again. That was just such a lame attempt to try to institute something to to save face, and it just didn't work. It made it so much worse uh, last year. And any any coach after week two that was throwing challenge flags on pass interference penalties was just not paying care. attention. Uh, was just, they were just not paying attention to how poor the rule was and how badly it was being enforced. So uh, we'll get one more in here before the break. Philadelphia again. 
to provide an alternative, uh, looking to amend Rule 6, Section 1, Article 1, to provide an alternative to the onside kick, George, that would allow a team who is trailing in the game an opportunity to maintain possession of the ball after scoring, meaning they could be 4th and 15 from their kicking team's 25-yard line. So instead of going for the onside kick, they get a 4th and 15 from their own 25. What do you think? You know, at first I was against this. This has been talked about for a couple of years now. Yep. But this year it seems like it's gaining momentum, and I think, I think it's going to happen. the one that keeps floating it, by the yeah. way. I think it's going to happen. From what I'm uh, reading here, I think, it's, I think they're going to adopt this one. A, they want to get rid of the kicks anyway, right? So they want to yeah. get rid of them. And I think this one's gaining some steam. I was against it originally because I kind of like the onside kick. It's fun seeing that ball bounce, and who knows what's going to happen. Everybody running on top of it. But then you also see the numbers. It's what, less than 5% of these things are recovered? You know, there's really no point to it. Fourth and 20, fourth and 15 from your 25 gives you a better shot. I think the numbers would certainly go up. Now, there's rules in place here. You can only do it twice during a game, and you have to be trailing. Mm -hmm. I think that needs to be amended a little bit to at least three times a game because uh, there would be no more. What about a surprise onside kick? Is that now gone? Or are you still allowed to do an onside kick in, like, the second quarter as a surprise? Well, I haven't heard that. I don't know what the rule is there. You know, if you're not allowed to do it there, I mean, then I need to, I think this should be a third time, but it still wouldn't be a surprise, but an extra time. I just think it needs to be maybe one extra time, and I want to I hear the explanation about a surprise onside kick. You know, is that now, you can't do that either, or is that okay because that happens once in a blue moon? Yeah, they, they put so many rules in place that the surprise onside kick is, is almost negligible, you know. It's, the numbers it's, just there to say it won't work. That's why yeah. no one does it. And, and the only way to pull the surprise on side kick now is really just having the kicker recover it on its own. You know, you've seen that a few times. That's really the only way to try to do it effectively, and that's a low percentage play as it is. Uh, so, Joe, how do you feel about this uh, altern alternate alternative to the onside kick, fourth and 15 from your own 25? Well, they tried it in the Pro Bowl, right? I mean, they used it this year in the Pro Bowl once or twice. I I. I don't have a problem with it. I do have a problem with it from the wagering aspect. It's going to put a lot of pressure. You're never out of the woods in terms of a cover. It's going to lead to backdoor covers, potential outright wins. You know, one of these teams, should they implement it, will come back and win a ball game. It's going to be probably one of the worst bad beats in history. So that I would... I That's would, why you got to watch more sports, Chris. Yeah, we'll come, no, we'll come back. We'll talk about it more uh, after this. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant 
just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. It's spring and with the weather changing and so many great things coming up like Mother's Day and the wind-down tour, I definitely need a fresh spring wardrobe for every occasion. This spring, I'm looking for that perfect flowy spring dress for Mother's Day as well as replacing my everyday basics. That's what I love about JCPenney. They have so many stylish and comfortable options that I always find just what I'm looking for there. Spring is a feel-good season and comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. The fashion at JCPenney is the same way. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with styles that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes, and Stafford and Mutual Weave for him, style and comfort for all, even big and tall, plus even more for the whole family like Levi's and Exertion. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. Hey, everybody, back on FFC, talking about some of the NFL rule proposal changes uh, or proposed changes, I should say, uh, right here on the grid. Again, if you're following, if you want to follow Joe Lisi on Twitter, do so. I'd go for the two, the number two, George Kurtz uh, is at George Kurtz, and I'm at Mike Blewett. Follow us all on Twitter at SportsGrid and on Instagram at SportsGridTV. So getting into some more of those changes, you know, we're just talking about the, the onside kick change the alternative to the onside kick going fourth and 15 from your own 25. I want to dive into it a little bit more and find out what the math is on that. Like what, what is the percentage of conversion on fourth and 15, George, you know, like that people are really going to have to start doing that math. And I think, you know, given where you are in the game, if time's running out, you're likely to try the onside kick, right? But the 4th and 15 from your own 25, if there's a minute left, maybe you have a timeout. That's your option. If there's 30, if there's 15 seconds left, you have to kick the onside kick. Go for a Hail Mary. If you have a minute, 4th and 15 from your own 25, you can go hurry up, get out of bounds a couple of times, and then take your shot, right? Anyone want to take a guess on the conversion late, rate late conversion rate last year of onside kicks? 1.8%. I'm going to say higher, but not much. I'll say uh, 6.5%. Yeah, we're all wrong. I said uh, between 5 and 7. It actually was 12.5. Uh, 12, uh, 7 to 56. Uh, that, they say that was largely thanks to uh, Falcons kicker Young Ho Koo, who had two in one game, once again, the kicker. Uh, so that's higher than I expected. I think before that, the rule was, I think it was 7% was what it comes down to. So 7 of 56, 256 NFL games. So they tried one, one, five one every games. five games. Mm, give it a take there. Let's see about the uh, – And you said two were in one game. So it's yeah, lower so that, than that. You take that out, it becomes 5 of 54. Now you're at uh, less than 10%. I want to see if I can find conversion rate of 4th and 15. So, put, we'll, yeah, we'll take a look at that. Um, I'll jump into another rule while you're searching that, George. I'll, I'll jump into an easier one. Um, and there's thought that the, this next one uh, could happen. Both the Baltimore Ravens and Los Angeles Chargers put this one forward to amend Rule 19, Section 2, to add a booth umpire, that's in quotes, as an eighth-game official to the officiating crew. So you have somebody upstairs taking a look at everything, 
on replay ostensibly to be an eye in the sky for the officiating crew. What do you think of that, Joe? No, more officials. We have problems with the, ones that we have with the instant replay, and they still can't get it right. Now we're going to add another official as an eye in the sky on top of the eye in the sky and not know what the hell is going on. I think the XFL, Mike, we talked about it. We worked in it. They had it the right way. Let's hear what they're talking about. That'll be the eye in the sky for the fans to call these umpires and referees out. I don't want another umpire in the booth in any capacity. But I should have done. I should have said the the next rule because this sort of goes hand in hand. You're either going to like it more or way less after I say this next one. Baltimore and Los Angeles also forwarded this to amend that same rule to add a senior technology advisor to the referee to assist officiating crew. So it would be adding a booth umpire as an eighth game official and then a senior technology advisor to the referee to assist the officiating crew. So you got two more guys involved, hopefully sorting out some of the mess that sometimes occurs during replay. Yeah, and we're going to add someone from MIT to break down an algorithm (laughs) about why the referee and the technician can't still get it right after they look at the play 14 times in a row. I mean, come on. Mike, there are certain plays that you you don't have to look at multiple angles. You know after the first three seconds – that play was a fumble or not, yet they still take four and five minutes to check, double check, triple check, ruins the game flow. And on top of it now, we're going to add two more people to the booth. So two agree and one disagrees. What are we going to have? People's court? George, adding two more guys, what do you think of those two? The only thing I think a Sky judge should be doing is the reviews. Not having the ref walk 89 yards to this, you know, this porn booth where he's looking at this hood over his hand, you know, now he's got the tablet thing. Uh, I think I'd like to have that guy review. I, I also don't want to see a ref reviewing his own plays or his own, you know, his own uh, team's plays, his own, you know, his his referees or his his officials or his uh, his team. Because I could see this happening. You know, uh, Joe Lisi is the line judge, but you know he's been yelled at the league for making all these wrong calls. Oh, God, I'm going to overturn another call of Joe's? Oh, I'm going to let this one go. No, Joe's right this time. I don't want that. I want to have an independent guy up there. And, you know, it, won't that save time? They're going to review it anyway. So rather than have this guy walk over towards the sideline and get his little uh, you know, his little laptop or his little uh, whatever pad thing, iPad thing, and look at these things, why not have that judge go that and go, buzz, oh, yes, and you were wrong here. Like Joe said, if you can't determine this thing in a minute, then let it go. Then the original call is, I can't, I don't know, maybe, maybe not. You know, let it go. I, that's the only thing I want the upper judge to do here. I don't want him to do anything else. I have those numbers, by the way, for the onside kick. I uh, have a proposal, Mike. Okay. Uh, how about a shot clock? How about we have a big clock next to the eye in the sky referee, and when they go to replay, it's 50 seconds. If he can't make the determination in that time frame, like George said, the call stands. I feel like I'm talking to uh, guys, two guys that are twice my age. I'm pro-technology. I know it's not perfect, but I can't take the alternative. I'm pro-technology, but I don't want to wait seven minutes. I Neither do I. But and they this still is get the call wrong. This is where we are. I, I, I don't know what else to say. Like if, if we end up missing a call, like what happened with L.A. and New Orleans, and by the way, that was a judgment call, and it was a bad call, but you got to live with it. 
if we but but if we end up missing somebody in the back of the end zone that had a foot out of bounds to decide an NFC championship game and we're like, ah, we didn't have the right angle in time and the wrong team went to the Super Bowl, it's going to be a huge Graziano. problem. So I'll take a few okay. extra minutes. Dan Graziano of ESPN, he's against replay. He wants it gone. You know, because it just well, that's insane. I am, I am not that's that. Insane. I am yeah. for replay, but as Joe keeps saying, I don't want to wait two, three, four, five. Oh, my God, I'm able to see it on my TV at home right away. His knee was down. It's not a fumble. But yet they're going through 18 replays to determine the same thing. It's why I think the senior tech advisor might actually be somebody that's advise, advisable to have in there. They might be able to run through the replays quicker for the ref. How about this? Uh, it's not the technology, Mike. How about we implement the rule that every referee has to be under the age of 50? So that they know that they don't need to stare at the screen for eight minutes to determine whether it was a fumble or not, or whether it's one foot in. I can jokes make aside, fun. jokes I aside, think, George and I have talked about this before. It is an issue that met, that now there has been some turnover in the last 12 to 18 months with the officiating crews getting younger referees. But it is a problem. When we do have, and it's no disrespect, I'm not being an ageist, but it becomes an issue with considering the size and speed of the players officiating the game in the moment. If you're in your 60s, uh, it becomes a much more difficult physical task. It does. And, and the other part is this. It's a, football is a reactionary sport. You read, you react. The replay should be the same thing. I know what I'm trained to do. I see the play. I react. If I can't make that determination in one minute, then either A, I'm not competent, or two, that's it. It's the call on the field stands. I don't know why they have to split hairs. It drives me nuts. It drives the sports gamblers nuts. It ruins the fans' perspective. And like George said, the game flow, it would be so much better with a shot clock and a younger ref make the call in a minute flat. George, MLB effectively has a clock on it. Do you like that component? I do. Once again, I just don't – if you can't determine it I – mean, a minute may be too short. You want to give it a minute and a half, I can live with that. I just don't want the four- or five-minute reviews anymore. If you can't determine by that point, you know what? That's it. We're going with the original call on the field. One I think more. that's the way it should be. And I don't, I don't want to see all this delaying here. We, we need to look at 17 replays from 18,000 angles, especially at the goal line where you have the mass of humanity there, where you're really just guessing anyway. It may be an educated guess, but it's guessing anyway. If you can't determine it in a minute, minute and a half, assuming everything worked properly, then really, what are we doing here? Yeah, well, and you know, one thing that's not talked about here, although I don't know that would happen here, is there's no talk about putting a microchip in the football to determine exactly that what the yard line is on. You know how I feel about it's, that. That's just yeah, silly. I, 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 no, nobody feels that. more strongly about it than me. The fact that they don't have that. By the way, Joe. George and I have gone over this before. That technology exists. Ben Roethlisberger, in an interview two months ago, was talking about how when he's throwing now, there's a microchip in the balls that he uses to determine spin rate, velocity, and everything else. It's commonplace, apparently, for years. So they use it during training, and they don't uh, alternately use that same technology to determine where the football should be spotted. I, I don't understand it. I'll never understand it. We're eyeballing spots. Kenny Galladay saved the Lions two and a half yards on the spot last year because the official wasn't paying <laughs> the ball attention. Be here. It happens constantly. A joke. Uh, so eyeballing spots, but 60 guys in their 60s from 
35 yards away or more in some instances is insane. Lining up the punt, I think it went out at the 20, and he rerun it back. It went out at the 35. It's, we make these mistakes all the time. So that's my that's the hill I will die on. There should be a microchip in every football to determine what yard line it is on. And I know there's other things that come in uh, that would cascade out of that, like maybe there would be microchips in the knee pads and everything else. But let's just get one in the ball first, Joe. I don't have a problem with that. I, I mean, they also have technology See? without the chips. Universal laser approval of my my – my fight to get a microchip in the yeah, football. I don't have a problem with that. If it determines where the ball is and they can make a quick call, I'm all for it. They have the first down yard marker without the chains, laser technology as well. But the NFL implemented it as a practice squad thing and haven't used it in the game. So it's just the NFL old school mentality. Uh, George, what were the numbers on the onside kick? All right, uh, the onside kick. As for uh, fourth and 15s, 28.6 conversion last year. Uh, wow. that, that, that's a little higher. From 15 to 19, it was 24.1. You know, so either way, it's over 20%. So you have a much better chance of, uh, you know, I guess uh, getting the ball back to convert that. And let's face it, if it's fourth and 15, you'll have plays designed for that. So I think the rate would even go higher because you'll have plays you're, you're saving just in case you need that, that you didn't play, you didn't show the entire game. Because how many fourth and 15s are you running? You know, so you like your third and 15 no. would be similar. But, I wonder uh, how many of those fourth and fifteens are like prevent when you're down when you're up two scores. Well, I don't. He didn't. Uh, I'm looking at this. Andrew Siciliano was the one who uh, posted this that I found here. Uh, now he just said on fourth and fifteen, NFL teams were collectively two of seven. So I don't think it's prevent. I think it actually was fourth and fifteen because I mean more than seven tries. So I think yeah. this was was legit here. And by the way, uh, in uh, eighteen. Uh, onside kicks was uh, only 7.5%. So it did go up last year, but it also went dramatically down from 17. But that's also when they got those rules that you can't have everybody on one side anymore. Okay. 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 Uh, all right, cool. We'll talk about a couple more rule changes uh, in the final segment of this hour on FFC. It's Mike, Joe, and George coming right back, right here on a grid. If you're on the edge, stay right with us. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. 
Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. It's spring and with the weather changing and so many great things coming up like Mother's Day and the wind down tour, I definitely need a fresh spring wardrobe for every occasion. This spring, I'm looking for that perfect flowy spring dress for Mother's Day as well as replacing my everyday basics. That's what I love about JCPenney. They have so many stylish and comfortable options that I always find just what I'm looking for there. Spring is a feel-good season and comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. The fashion at JCPenney is the same way. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with styles that gets you something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first like worthington and liz claiborne for her each in women's petite and plus sizes and stafford and mutual weave for him style and comfort for all even big and tall plus even more for the whole family like levi's and exertion here spring comes in all shapes sizes and colors jc penny make everybody count Hey, everybody, welcome back to FFC. Closing out this hour with George uh, getting to the final rule changes here, rule proposals uh, here that's coming up with the NFL. So the Miami Dolphins, your very own Miami Dolphins, Joe Lisi, uh, offering to amend rule for Section 3, Article 2. This will provide the option to the defense for the game clock to start on the referee's signal if the defense declines an offensive penalty that occurs late in either half. I got to say, that makes a lot of sense to me, Joe. It does. I, and, and I would like to see that. Obviously, if you have the lead and, and they, there's an offsi- offsides penalty, they, you know, they, they can start the clock. So that's something that will be beneficial. It's beneficial to the gambling aspect as well. So I don't have a problem with that. I don't think it will affect the outcome in any way from a negative aspect. And if you're on the winning side of that, uh, from the gambling perspective, it can only benefit you and shorten the game. So I have no problem with it. George. I'm with you. Yeah. Once again, I'm, I'm all for that. I, I don't want people manipulating the game clock. Uh, start, start it up. Defense says yes, start it up, let it go. So I think that once again, those are the two ones that are pretty simple for me. Yeah. I want those. I would imagine that that one's going to have a good chance of passing. I, I don't know what would the argument would be on the other side of it. I really don't know. That that makes sense to me. Sometimes you read these rules, you're like, oh yeah, it makes perfect sense. I, you know, you don't. Maybe it doesn't happen that often. It doesn't happen often enough that we we don't really sort through it. But uh, I think that's one that I makes sense. I think Joe said me. it earlier too. You get a lot of these old guys who don't want to change anything ever. Yeah. You know, I think that plays a part of it too. But as you just said, Mike, what's your argument against it? Yeah. I mean, it makes more sense. Plus. Offense is committing penalties on purpose to stop the clock, so let and the defense say no. And a little quicker, too, by doing this, and TV would love that because they want to get those games done, those three-hour windows. Yeah, but they're never afraid to throw another commercial in there, too. Although, they, I, I, have to say, I have to say that broadcasts in general on all sports, and even in the NFL, have done better about integrating uh, advertising into a broadcast that you can still watch, right? There's still a TV timeout component to it, but you're not breaking away from the game. They're running ads as you're watching action go on to some extent. Uh, I'm not foolish enough to think that they aren't still a TV timeout, but uh, nonetheless, they're not breaking necessarily for two minutes every time uh, that they go to a commercial. All right, uh, last one I got here uh, by Philadelphia again. So Philly was active uh, in these rule change proposals. Pandemic times, they had nothing better to do. Uh, to amend Rule 15, Section 2, to make permanent the expansion of automatic... Oh, wait, that's the same thing. No, that's the same thing as before. 
So I, I guess they repeated that uh, in the article that I had they there. They really wanted to make sure they got it in there. Uh, yeah, the option. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, I, that is a, a repeat of a, a previous one. So um, negated by a foul. Yeah, that's right. So that's it. It's just those six, the two by the competition committee, Philly talking about the the turn, the expansion of automatic replay to include scoring plays and turnovers negated by a foul. Uh, the onside kick that we talked about. We've got Baltimore and Los Angeles talking about the booth umpire and the senior technology advisor. By the way, I know you're not happy about those at all, Joe, but from what I'm reading, those are likely to happen. I think there's going to be expansion of an officiating crew. George, you didn't really, you were doing a little bit of research during that one. Are you okay with the expansion of the the officials? Mm, it depends on what they're going to, I want to know exactly what they're going to do. Like I said, I do think that guy in the booth should be uh, the guy who does the replays, not the ref. I think things would be smoother, would go faster. What, you need a replay? Okay. I think it would save time. That's what I want to do. I want to save time. You know, re I do think I do want replay. I'm not looking to get rid of replay at all. But I don't like the guy. Once again, I got to wait for the minute to the ref to go here, then I have to go back. Let the guy in the booth do it. I just think it would be easier. And he could just, you know, go down to the guy, hey, you screwed this up. It should be second and 10 at the 40. Let's go. I just think it would be easier rather than all this other going back and forth stuff that we have going on. If they're going to do other stuff, I really need a definition of what other stuff they're going to be reviewing here. Are they reviewing stuff on their own now that the uh, that the coaches didn't ask for? You know, is, it, is this an expansion of the two minute uh, final two minutes of each half where the coaches can't ask for it? You know, are they uh, is that what they're doing? You know, so I need to have a better explanation of what exactly these guys are going to be subjecting themselves into the game. Got it. Okay. Uh, we got we got some extra time, so we're going to have a little bit of fun with this final segment. And Joe Lisi, you're going to kill me when I ask you uh, your question. But Joe, I'm going to, George, I'm going to ask you first. You're always working on a new show. What show are you watching right now? I just finished Banshee. All right. Uh, I've, 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 uh, Banshee and Ozark. I have uh, Netflix. Banshee was fantastic. If you're a guy, by the way, you should be watching Banshee. A lot of hot women on that show, let me tell you. And a lot of them are without clothing. So and they're not afraid to show everything. What's the story ahead. about? Give me give me thirty seconds. The on basic the story. Uh, Banshee was a guy gets out of prison after being in prison fifteen years. Uh, he goes to see some uh, hook up with some his old girlfriend, you might say. Goes to Banshee, Pennsylvania, and first thing he does, sits down in the bar, has a drink, and the sheriff who's from Oregon, new sheriff from Oregon, comes in. Sheriff gets killed. He takes over the sheriff's job, because apparently nobody in two thousand twenty knows what the sheriff looks like, and he can just take over someone's job. You know, so that's it. And uh, but Tough. it's a really good show. You have to just suspend belief. Got it. Uh, Ozark. I have watched the first season and a half. I sign off on that. Uh, I got to get to the rest uh, one of these days. Uh, I'm not really good about following through on shows, uh, so I'll get to that. But I, I'll, I'll co-sign on Ozark, and I have to take a look at Banshee. Mila Jovovich in that one. Yes. Oh yeah, Jovovich. Uh, I can't pronounce her name. She's in Jovovich. it. Uh, Oda Bell, something or other, and she's smart. There's a lot of smoking. I think what the girl's name is, a younger girl, Lily something or other is her real name. I hope she got paid for the amount of time she was naked in the show. Because, man, mm -hmm. uh, and but yeah. listen, outside of that, it was a good show. It was an entertaining show. My wife loved it. I got to so say, Lucy, really my, my interest has peaked in this show. So yeah. I got to ask you, Joe, uh, you're a single man. What happens on a Zoom date? How does this, how does this happen? <laughs> you mentioned uh, that. You had a, what what uh, happens to you? I don't know. You have a couple of drinks. You get to know each other better. It's it's where we're at, Mike. I'm going out of my mind here. Talk about shows. I'm like you. I watch one episode of Ozark. Love it. 
want to watch the rest. That's it. It's one and done for me. I'm back on Impractical Jokers watching reruns. I'm watching national championship games from 1986, 1987. And you sprinkle in a Zoom data here and there. And it's it, this is where we're at. Nobody wants to go out. They don't want to go out without a mask. You got a social distance. So this is the safest way to meet people. But I don't have the time for this either. I mean, it's unbelievable. I mean, it's one thing if I'm talking to you guys for two hours, but talking for somebody that I don't know, especially not about football, we're just and you can't even get close. I'm winding up. I'm having a couple of glasses of wine. We're talking about absolutely nothing. So yeah. I don't know. It's, re, it's this is where we're at right There's now. There's no atmosphere. You're no the atmosphere. Just it. No. This is what and, it is. And Mike, I have and I have the TV going on in the background, and I have the a professional cornhole league that I'm watching as I'm doing the Zoom date because this is what we're at That's in terms amazing. of ESPN. This is my life in a nutshell, 24-7. Yeah, the professional cornhole league. My wife and I only watch TV when she's not, not working. She's been working all week. So when she's working, she works nights. I'm actually watching. We're all of age now, so we all know the TV show. I'm watching reruns of Hunter. Good I love Fred Dryer. One of my favorite shows. So I'm watching uh, old shows of uh, Hunter. Mike, uh, Joe, I'm going to get even with Mike here. I'm going to get even with Mike. Mike made fun of you. I'm going to get even. Uh, Ariel Ariel Epstein. Our Ariel Epstein uh, asked a question earlier today. Yeah. All right. Uh, Now, we're all almost in the same boat here. We all have two kids. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, Mike and I are married, but maybe that's our problem. Ariel put up a poll. If you could, this this is a 60 die, but her question was on a 100 die. If you could roll a 100 die, and if you roll two through 100, you get a million dollars. But if you roll a number one, you die instantly, but painlessly. You just die. Would you do it? We're a gambling network. You have a 1% chance of failure. Would you do it? Joe, would you do it? I would do it. Yeah. I I mean, it depends (laughs) on where we're at. Why are you doing it? Exactly. You roll the dice, Mike. You let it roll. There's always seven. I'm alive. There's My kids are seven and four. I, I if I roll the snake eye, they, I don't. They don't chance. get a dime. They don't get a dime, and they don't have a father anymore. That's a well, bad roll for me. I would roll the damn thing 25 times, by the way. And I think I've done it tonight. And I got 25 million. I'm still alive here. Look at this. This is a 60 die, and I'm still doing well here. I won't, I won't. All right. If there's a bowl of Skittles, a hundred Skittles. And hopefully you like Skittles. If you don't, I do. I do. pick something else. Okay. Dentist best friend. One of them is deadly. You put your hand in there and try Out to Out of eat 100? Yeah. Of course. One of them is deadly. What's the, well, that, that's what this thing is, right? Yeah. Same thing. And yeah. the payoff the pay is a million dollars? You just scoop your hand in there and have a handful of Skittles? No, no. I'll have one. <laughs> yeah, maybe you only got to roll it one time. It's a 1% chance of failure. We're gamblers. How do you not take this bet? Because I, it, it involves my kids. I can't do it. If I jump out of an airplane and I, I can I skydive, which seems like something that could be pretty interesting to do, no. I, I have a, gr- a much less chance than 1% of dying, but I'm not going to do it anymore because I might die. I just can't I'm do it. I'm not jumping out of a perfectly good airplane. I'm afraid of heights anyway. It's not happening. That's right. But I will I'm roll the die. That's a frivolous thing to do. I'm not going to roll. I can't roll it. I'm not rolling it. Don't you have life insurance anyway? So either way, your kids are covered. Yeah. It's not quite a million, but yeah. They, <laughs> no, they mine's not a million off. either. But hey, I'm up to like 30 million now, and I'm good. 
Put it I'm this good. way. I have more of a problem with the Skittles than I do with the diet because I'm on a no-carb diet. So you of would course. never eat a carb since like the 90s. You would never get me to eat a Skittle, but I would roll the die. All right. What can I get you to eat? What can I get you to eat? What's the what's the food? What's your what's the, when you're craving? What do, what do you go for? I want peanuts. Peanuts and blueberries. That's what I'm on right now. But no, no peanuts. Avocados, blueberries, Greek yogurt. That's that's the diet in a nutshell lately. Right, so we get a hundred blueberries, no problem. We'll poison one. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm out. I'm out. I don't have I'm a million out. dollars for you, so I don't know what the payoff's going to be. But uh, I, I, I said I would do this thing, and I think my wife would want me to do this. Well, that may not be good. But uh, I think <laughs> my kids might be rooting for yeah. My wife might want yeah, to do Roll the die fifty times, will you? Go ahead, keep rolling. So anyway. Uh, shout out to Ariel Epstein, host of The Morning After. She came up with that uh, horrible, horrible thing. I got beat up on Twitter for a little bit. I was shocked. I was trying to be a good dad, trying not to put my, trying not to make my kids orphans. You're I a guess bad dad. Orphans, if you're not taking a chance off. at your life to help it's them in that future, you're a bad dad. It's a hypothetical. If I it was real, it. then you know, then you could second guess it. I Don't get it. I get it's a wagering it. channel. I get it. I might but be nervous, gotta, but I'm doing it. I got to put it out of my mind as soon as it comes up. I can't, I'm not going <laughs> to take that. Way, Joe Pizzapia put, what if you're already dead inside? <laughs> uh, good stuff. So uh, thank you to producer Brian Rakowski. Thank you to Joe Lisi. Again, follow him on Twitter at GoForTheTwo. Thank you to my partner here, George Kurtz, at George Kurtz. We'll have Joe Lisi on on a regular basis, keep talking through college football and all the things in pro football. Uh, that have you excited as we finally head towards the season? Someone said Joe a shirt. Looking pretty good. Good stuff. Go Tigers. Uh, Joe Lisi. Uh, thanks for everybody for watching. Stay on the grid. Get on the grid. If you want the edge, uh, stay right here. Thanks for watching. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. 
at JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. It's spring and with the weather changing and so many great things coming up like Mother's Day and the wind down tour, I definitely need a fresh spring wardrobe for every occasion. This spring, I'm looking for that perfect flowy spring dress for Mother's Day as well as replacing my everyday basics. That's what I love about JCPenney. They have so many stylish and comfortable options that I always find just what I'm looking for there. Spring is a feel good season and comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. The fashion at JCPenney is the same way. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with styles that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her. Each in women's petite and plus sizes. And Stafford and Mutual Weave for him. Style and comfort for all, even big and tall. Plus even more for the whole family like Levi's and Exertion. Here spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. Tired of pickup truck bed chaos? Meet Decked, game-changing USA-made full bed-length drawers for tools and gear. Waterproof, dustproof, lockable, secure. Whether you're working, hunting, fishing, camping, or just getting out of town. And introducing Decked Deco cases. Tough, modular, problem-solving cases built for the truck, job site, campsite, or garage. Say goodbye to random bins and tie-downs. Order now at Decked.com slash iHeart for free shipping. Decked, your truck, your rules. Decked.com forward slash iHeart. Awards Watch says Liam Neeson is at his best. Don't miss In the Land of Saints and Sinners. Having left his dark past behind, retired hitman Finbar Murphy, played by Neeson, leads a quiet life in a remote coastal Irish town. But when a menacing crew of terrorists arrive, Finbar is drawn into a vicious game of cat and mouse, forcing him to choose between exposing his secret identity or defending his friends and neighbors. In the Land of Saints and Sinners, from Samuel Goldwyn Films and Sony Pictures Home Entertainment. Watch it now on digital. Rated R. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. 